Gray is here on the Blaze Radio Network. So I'd love to hear your thoughts on night number one at the RNC. Was it fabulous for you? I'll tell you this. It's a heck of a lot easier to watch than the Democrats were. The uh, Democrat convention was unwatchable. Yeah. You just got it. You can't. You can't even take what they're babbling and lying and spinning all the time. So at least, you know, uh, you get that aspect that's kind of out of the way. I think the whole virtual thing is just, it's just tough to make it work. It's really hard. And there's, you know, there's no, there's nobody there. They're pre-recorded for the most part. Uh, they've got these little vignettes and they're just kind of pieced together. It's uh, weird. It is. It's strange. It feels weird. Uh, some of it felt really weird. <laughs> well, I mean, you ask, you know, definitely some very inspiring moments last night. Yeah, there were. I'll say that. There were. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of them came from Kimberly Guilfoyle, <laughs> um, but <laughs> she's interesting. Her presence there is kind of interesting. She's not a Fox News host anymore. She, I guess she's there based on the strength of her being uh, his son's girlfriend, okay. right? I guess, yeah. Yeah. I guess that's your, is that your... I guess that's her there? claim to fame, right? Yeah. I don't know. Okay, we're going to have your girlfriend speak, okay? <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, obviously, she'll speak. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, but did she get the memo that it was an that empty That it was room? empty? I don't think so, based on this. Uh, the end of her speech His here. promise was to put America <laughs> first, and he has. <laughs> when President Trump cut middle-class taxes, putting tens of thousands of dollars back in the pockets of working-class Americans, mm-hmm. that beacon began to flicker once again. When President Trump commanded the defeat of ISIS, took out al-Baghdadi and Soleimani, and paved the way for peace in the Middle East, that beacon started to glow. When he negotiated historic trade deals with Canada, Mexico, Japan, and China, bringing back thousands of manufacturing jobs to America, that beacon shined bright once again for the world to see. America... It's all on the line. President Trump believes in you. He emancipates and lifts you up to live your American dream. You are capable. You are qualified. You are powerful. And you have the ability to choose your life and determine your destiny. Don't let the Democrats take you for granted. Don't let them step on you. Don't let them destroy your families, your lives, and your future. Don't let them kill future generations because they told you and brainwashed you and Mm -hmm. fed you lies that you weren't good enough. Right. Like my parents, Mm -hmm. you can achieve your American dream. You can be that shining Mm -hmm. example to the world. Manifest and be the change in this country that you dream, Mm -hmm. that you hope, that you believe in. Stand for an American president who is fearless, who believes in you, and who loves this country and will fight for her. Mm, President Trump is the leader who will rebuild the promise of America and ensure that every citizen can realize their American dream. Is she mad at me? Ladies and (laughs) gentlemen, leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream, (laughs) the best (laughs) is yet to come. 
the only thing I had handy. I mean, really, it was there, there had to be some sort of response from somebody. It was just too loud at the end. The best is yet to come. Come to come. Uh, wow. Today, it today? just felt weird. Maybe it's just us. I don't know. Maybe other people. It might, loved it. It, honestly, it could be just us. But I, could I, be us. I, I. It wasn't lost on me that the room she was yelling in was empty. I was quite taken aback watching that last night, though. Especially when you compare it to the volume that the other speakers yes. chose. Yes. Uh, Vernon Jones was great. Yeah. Uh, let's play the beginning of of uh, his speech. Same room. Hello, America. Yep. My name is Vernon Jones, and I'm a state representative from the great state of Georgia. As you can see, I'm a man of color. And you're not yelling And I'm either. a lifelong Democrat, mm-hmm, right. too. You may be wondering, <laughs> why Democrat, is a lifelong yeah. Democrat speaking at the Republican National Convention? And I that's a fair question. And here's your answer. The Democratic Party does not want black people to leave their mental plantation. We've been forced to be there for decades and generations. But I have news for Joe Biden. We are free. We are free people with free minds. And I'm part of a large and growing segment of the black community who are independent thinkers. And we believe that Donald Trump is the president that America needs to lead us forward. Wow. This is no time for sleeping in the basement. Joe Biden has had 47 (laughs) years to produce results. (laughs) Right. But he's been all talk and no action. Just like so many of the Democrats who've been making promises to the black voters for decades. We've been their captive audience. When President Trump sought to earn the black vote, the Democratic Party leaders went crazy. Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer literally started wearing kente cloths around the the, the U.S. Capitol. As if pandering were enough to keep us satisfied. Mm. Let me tell you why I'm supporting Mm. our president. I grew up in the South, in Laurel Hill, North Carolina, Scotland County, the Green Pond community to be exact. My parents, Robin and Rufa Jones, built with their own hands a four-room, cinder-block home with no indoor plumbing. Wow. They had very limited education, but they instilled in us a strong work ethic that drove me from those tobacco fields of North Carolina to those hallowed halls of the Georgia General Assembly. My parents taught me if I believed in God, worked hard, and treated every person fairly, there was no limit to what we could achieve. Hmm. Good stuff. And a better tone <laughs> as well. Yes. This is no time to be sleeping in the basement. That's great. That's a nice line. Uh, I think that'll probably be a theme through the week. Uh-huh. I would guess. Right. A lot of, lot of references to Joe Biden's basement, huh? But, I mean, compare that to John Kasich, the big get for the Democrats. We've got a Republican who's actually against... Who's against Donald Trump, and we're gonna we're gonna shop him out to you, because uh, he's he's a Republican at the DNC. This I think really makes an impact. Yeah, Vernon Jones being a Democrat and uh, being a Trump supporter, that's pretty amazing, pretty powerful. Yeah, his whole story was, and he made the case. He made the case yeah. as to why blacks should vote for Donald Trump. And he, yeah, he tells us what uh, Donald Trump has done. And it sounded a little I something like this. I attended North Carolina Central University 
an historical black college. For generations, HBCUs have been the incubators that develop black scholars in math and science and religion, engineering and politics. Mm -hmm. They have been important springboards for the black success. But Democrats haven't treated them that way. When President Trump took office, he changed everything. He delivered historic funding to HBCUs, and he guaranteed it for 10 years, something that has never happened in the history of this country. That gave our HBCUs stability, the chance to grow, and produce the next generation of black leaders. That's right, Donald Trump did that. He's also supported school choice to ensure that no child, no matter their race or zip code, is left behind. Every child should have access to a quality education. But education is just the beginning. The president also built the most inclusive economy ever with record low unemployment for African Americans and record high participation in the workforce. He put opportunity zones in the Trump tax bill that would drive investment into our communities for decades to come. He put the interests of American workers and especially black workers first. That's right, Donald Trump did that. He delivered historic criminal justice reform. He ended once and for all the policy of incarceration of black people, which has decimated our communities caused by no other than Joe Biden. Democrats wouldn't do it. Obama didn't want to do it. And Joe Biden and Kamala Harris definitely wouldn't do it. But Donald Trump did it. He's also working every day to make our community safer. As a former executive of DeKalb County, Georgia, I directed one of the largest public safety departments in the Southeast. I've seen tragic shootings on both sides. Officers killing citizens and citizens killing officers in the line of duty. Police officers are our fellow citizens. They live in our country. They have families too. They live in our communities. Unfortunately, Democrats have turned their backs on our brave police officers. They call it defunding. And it's a danger to our cities, our neighborhoods, and our children. Isn't it ironic that Democrat politicians have personal security to protect them so why don't they forego their security and replace them with social workers, especially since that's what they want for you and me? Our police need more funding, not less, for frequent psychological examinations, for non-lethal remote restraint technology, and for more de-escalation and use of force training. These are the common sense solutions that President Trump supports true, sincere police reform. That's right. Donald Trump did that too. Education, jobs, safety, security. On issue after issue, and in just a single term, he destroyed these negative forces that have victimized the black community for decades. He gave us the opportunity to rise. All right. I mean, that's a pretty compelling case. If you're if you're anywhere near open-minded as a person of color, wouldn't that wouldn't that sway you? 
I mean, you you think about the Democrats and the control and the power they've had and the promises they've made to minority communities for generations now, and they've done nothing except make it worse. They've done nothing but make the situation minorities are in worse than it's ever been. Uh, so when you hear that list, and it's it's true, I mean, CNN's running a, a banner right now, or they were a few minutes ago, uh, talking about Republicans rewriting, trying to rewrite history. Jeez. Uh-huh. Oh, oh, no. uh, nobody rewrites history like CNN and the Democrats do. They don't even, they, they have no idea. Uh, I mean, that, but everything they do, they try to pin on other people because that's what they know. And so since they rewrite history all the time, that's what they're going to accuse the Republicans of doing. But a great speech uh, from from Vernon Jones. And then he kind of finishes up with why you should vote for Donald Trump. Now, you know, when I made the public announcement of my support for President Trump, Mm -hmm. all hell broke loose. (laughs) I bet. I was threatened, Mm -hmm. called an embarrassment, Mm -hmm. and asked to resign by my own party. Unfortunately, that's consistent with the Democratic Party and how they view independent thinking black men and women. Yep. But I'm here to tell you that black voices are becoming more woke and louder than ever. The Democratic Party has become infected with a pandemic of intolerance, bigotry, yes. socialism, okay. anti-law enforcement bias, yep. and a dangerous tolerance for people who attack others, destroy their property, and terrorize our own communities. Jeez. That's what this election is all about. And that's why right now, more than ever, more than ever before, America needs Donald Trump in the Oval Office for another four years. God bless you, and vote Donald J. Trump. Thank you. That's good stuff. Yeah. It's good stuff. And it means so much more coming from an African-American man like it, that. It, it sure just, does. You know, not just being a Democrat, but being black, that's that's uh, that's and really meaningful. My gut tells me that the average black Democrat voter is more open-minded than the average white Democrat voter yeah, in 2020. Uh, that's probably so true. So I do have hope. Mm-hmm. That, um, that the message is getting through. Yeah. Uh, let me take 60 seconds and tell you about Tommy John underwear. Uh, best underwear you'll ever have. Uh, I can guarantee you that. If you want to know the secret of staying sweat-free this summer, let me tell you about uh, Tommy John's ultra-breathable underwear and bras. They have a range of summer-ready, breathable options, but their cool cotton underwear for men and women is like having your own on-body AC unit. <laughs> it's true. Really good stuff. It's true. Uh, it's made from premium, natural Prima cotton for enhanced airflow, and it evaporates <laughs> sweat super fast, it's, so it keeps you dry, it keeps you cooler, and more comfortable than regular cotton. And when you touch it, I mean, it's so, so soft, mm-hmm. smooth. Uh, I just love the feel of it. All of Tommy John's layers are built for next-level comfort. Whether you're on the hunt for lounge pants, lazy day joggers, or the softest zoom-ready tees and polos you've ever worn, and they really are, uh, Tommy John has you covered. 
For a limited time, go to TommyJohn.com slash Unleashed to get 20% off your first order. 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com slash Unleashed, again, and get 20%. Uh, TommyJohn.com slash Unleashed. This is Pat Gray Unleashed. Vernon Jones wasn't the only... African-American to speak up for Donald Trump. Uh, Really cool that Herschel Walker has been so... uh, He's been really uh, uh, visible, I guess. Yeah, out front of this re-election campaign. And so many aren't. You know, it's hard to do that. As a black person especially, can you imagine standing up and putting your neck out for Donald Trump right now? You're going to get it cut off. Uh, you know, like as Vernon Jones said, he's he's been threatened. He, they they tried to boot him out of the out of the party, and the same is true for Herschel Walker. You're not really you're not really a black person if you have your own thoughts and your own feelings uh, about about political uh, ideology. So here was uh, here are some of what Herschel Walker had to say last night. Pretty good stuff. I am just telling so you, this me, is the answer. When she. Except that doesn't sound like Herschel Walker, mm. does it? <clears throat> I mean, Herschel's voice has changed a little bit. I mean, it was an empty room, if you recall. Right. So the reverberation yeah. around. Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. All I'm right. not an actor, a singer, or a politician. I'm Herschel Walker. Mm-hmm. Most of you know me as a football player, but I'm also a father, a man of faith, and a very good judge of character. I've known Donald Trump for 37 years, and I don't mm. mean just casual ran into him from time to time. I'm talking about a deep personal friendship. I watched him as an owner of a professional football team. Right after he bought the team, he set out to learn. He learned about the history of the team, the players, the coaches, every detail. Then he used what he learned to make the team better. I watched him in the boardroom. Mm -hmm. He can be in the middle of a big meeting, but if one of the kids was on the phone, he dropped everything to take the call. He taught me that the family should be your top priority. I watched him treat janitors, security guards, and waiters the same way he would treat a VIP. He made them feel special because he knew they were. He understands that they are the people who make this country run. They clean, they cook, they build, they drive, they deliver. He told me, Herschel, make an effort to get to know people. Remember their names. That stuck with me. One time... I plan to take his kids to Disney World with my family. At the last minute, Donald said he'd like to join us. So they was in a business suit on uh, It's a Small World Ride. That was something to see. It just shows you what a caring, loving father he is. It hurt my soul to hear the terrible names that people call Donald. The worst one is racist. I take it as a personal insult that people would think I've had a 37-year friendship with the racist. People who think that don't know what they're talking about. Growing up in the deep south, I've seen racism up close. I know what it is. And it isn't Donald Trump. Mm. Just because someone loves and respects the flag, our national anthem, and our country, doesn't mean they don't care about social justice. I care about all those things. So does Donald Trump. He shows how much he cares about social justice in the black community through his actions. And his action speaks louder than stickers or slogans on a jersey. He keeps right on fighting to improve the lives of black Americans and all Americans. 
He worked night and day. He never stops. He leaves nothing on the field. Some people don't like his style, the way he knocks down obstacles that get in the way of his goals. People on the opposing team didn't like when I ran over them either. But that's how you get the job done. I pray every night that God gives him more time. Give him four more years. He has accomplished so much almost all by himself on a constant attack. But there's still more work to be done. If you love America and want to make it better, Donald Trump is your president. He's my president. And I'm blessed to call him friend. Pretty amazing. Uh, Good stuff from Herschel Walker. Uh, Nice to have him on our team. (laughs) (laughs) You you might remember, uh, or maybe you don't, that that Donald Trump and Herschel Walker know each other because uh, Trump acquired him for for his USFL football team, Mm -hmm. New Jersey Generals. Mm Mm-hmm. And so Herschel played for him for a couple of years before the league folded, and they stayed friends even afterwards, obviously. So he knows him really well. I mean, to the point where you're taking his kids to Disney World? Right. I don't like anybody enough to do that. Take somebody else's kids to Disney would, would you do that? You're asking me that? <laughs> no, let me introduce you to a phrase. No uh, way. It's called OPKs. <laughs> Other, people's Other people's kids. kids. I don't deal right. with them very well. No, thank you. Mm-mm. No. Would I love to? Oh. Well, no. No, I wouldn't. Would I, I would. love to chase your kids around a oh, hot and humid park in Florida think. all day? No. Oh, yeah. No, I don't think so. Other people's kids? No. I can barely do my own kids right? at Disney World. I'm not doing yours. <laughs> no. <laughs> Great. And then he comes along in his business suit uh, on the It's a Small World ride. That had to be a fun sight to see. I would love a picture of that. I would too. That would be that would be fun. Uh, so all through the 80s, the 90s, the 2000s, the teens now, and, and up to 2020, he's still befriended Donald Trump. Uh, yeah, would he be doing that if Donald Trump was a disgusting, despicable racist? I don't think so. I really don't think so. Yeah, that was a powerful point right there. Uh, Very. 37 years with a stinking racist? Mm -hmm. Probably not. Pretty compelling. Uh, But they had all kinds of superlatives for the president last night. A builder, a visionary, the richest man in the world? Uh, No. He's nowhere near the richest man in the world. Who said that? Do we know? Uh, I'm No, I don't know. I'm going to find out. Guardian of America, the bodyguard of Western civilization. I like those, but he's not, he's not the richest man in the world. Uh, even by his own uh, estimates, he's worth about $10 billion, right? So that's not even the top probably 100 in the world. Um, but... The Republican uh, National Committee last night passed a resolution, well, over the weekend, stating simply that it enthusiastically supports uh, President Trump and that the party has and will continue to enthusiastically support the president's America First agenda. Uh, If there's any doubt that President Trump had thoroughly appropriated and, (laughs) according to this article, consumed the Republican Party, which is kind of true, whether you love him or not, it's kind of true. He has consumed the Republican Party. Uh, it was it was all erased last night as Republicans kicked off their convention. Quadrennial showcase of Republicanism began in this week as a celebration of Trumpism. Nationally televised, high-definition pay-on to a president known for his outsized ego and taste for the grandiose. Wow. I didn't see any of these kinds of 
uh, lines about the Democrats mm. at all. And then they go to Herschel Walker and something that Herschel said the other day. I pray every night, God, give him more time. Give him four more years. He's accomplished so much, almost all by himself and under constant attack. That's so true. Yeah, it really is. And can you imagine if he wins, but the Democrats take control of the Senate and then they've got the House and the Senate? That's going to be that's going to be a nightmare because he'll it'll be a constant battle. He'll, he won't be able to get anything done. Can't let that happen. So let's not forget about the uh, down ticket. You know, the senators who need to be sent to help him. Uh, and it would be nice to actually have the House, too, and have all control. Of course, what are the Republicans going to do with that? They never do anything, so <laughs> never mind. Yeah. <laughs> Talked myself yeah, right say, out of that one. You walked down that road, <laughs> and it really doesn't matter. I give you 2010 as an example when we begged and we pleaded and we pleaded and we begged. Well, 2000, there was also 2016, right? They had the House. Yeah, they had the House and the Senate. Yeah. Yeah, because we could have overturned Obamacare, could have taken care of a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. Instead, eh, they didn't do anything. Because the, the, the excuse didn't do used to be, well, so they had no power, right? right? And yep. then and then they get the House, and was it John Boehner who famously said, uh, well, we're only one half of one third of the power in Washington. <laughs> yeah, I think it was. Uh, okay, then we'll give okay. you the Senate, then too. Then how about the Senate and the House and the presidency? Now what are you going to do? Well, we need to build a Nothing. consensus. Nothing. We need to build bridges and whatnot. Yeah, and they don't want to. We need to have a conversation. We need to reach across the aisle. No, you don't. But all is no, you don't. All's not lost. I, well, I was going to say if Democrats win the Senate, because you know Trump would still be there with the veto pen because it wouldn't be a supermajority. Right. However, the judges being appointed by the Senate or being approved by the Senate. That'd be difficult. That would be very difficult. Yeah, that's going to be a nightmare. But how great is it that all of the federal judgeships have been filled and by Trump? It's amazing. <laughs> I don't know that that's ever happened before. Uh, that's what McConnell... Isn't that a first? Mitch McConnell said, you know, he's been there forever. He's never known yeah. that all federal bench posts have been filled. And there's another problem. Mitch McConnell's been there forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's part of the problem here is that these guys just keep going back and then they get so used to it. And they become buddies with the other side. And now we can't, except for the fact that the Democrats don't have any compunction about uh, steamrolling the Republicans mm-hmm. when they have the chance. But the Republicans, for some reason, can't reciprocate well, on yeah, that. I mean, that's a leadership Never. like Mitch McConnell. And, yeah. and as the song goes, <laughs> if turtles weren't so stupid. <laughs> Is there a song like that? Yeah, I don't, it popped in my head. Stupid. It really has nothing to do with what we're talking about. <laughs> When I see a straw, I put it in my mouth. Straws don't belong there, but the turtles don't know why. So maybe, so maybe they, they all deserve, deserve to die. To die. To die. Yeah. I guess you just want turtles to die. <laughs> yeah. Well, yes. Uh, but, uh. uh. Not Mitch McConnell. No, I mean, no. He lived Not a long Mitch McConnell. and happy right. life. Exactly. Okay. Uh, all turtles except for Mitch <laughs> can go ahead and leave the planet. Uh, wasn't there, is there a turtle rescue? Um, I, yeah. Turtles are on turtles right now. Yeah, because turtles are so stupid. Mm-hmm. Like this turtle gets wedged between two rocks and needs a human to come along and save him. Oh, look at the size of that thing. Yeah, it's a big boy. But a dummy. Those are the uh, kind of turtles 
They're that just, live up to 200 years or so, yeah. right? Well, not doing stupid stuff like yeah, that. No. Hey, dummy. <laughs> There's nothing <laughs> worth looking for between those rocks. But turtles are stupid. Not only the straw thing, not only the, the wedge between the rocks, but we're always told, you know, turn off your lights at the beach because the turtles will confuse the, the porch lights with the moon. Well, then they're stupid. They shouldn't be alive. Just like the kid saying. Uh, Just like the kid saying. Too stupid. Too, too stupid to live. Stupid. All right. 888 And at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. We got to get to the uh, the veteran in a few minutes here. We don't have time right here. Mm. But the veteran Sean Parnell telling his story, that was compelling. Yes, it was. As was the Cuban, Cuban immig- immigrant, uh, Maximo Alvarez. That was powerful. So, I mean, there were some really good elements last night. It's just that the whole overall feel of it just seems kind of weird to me. I, I don't know. Maybe it's just because it's virtual and we're not used to that. Yeah. Or maybe because it just the whole virtual thing kind of sucks. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> It's time to get back to the way things were, yeah, shall it would, we? It would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, your thoughts on the convention last night at triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three, uh, and in just a few minutes, um, you're not going to want to miss. If you missed it last night, you won't want to miss Maximo Alvarez. Awesome, uh, his entire speech about escaping to America from Cuba. Here's a guy who knows what communism is all about, and knows he's seeing it from the Democrat Party. Gray. I am. It's true. Thank you for noticing, by the way. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Uh, we have a Pathead asking for some prayers today. Uh, Nick from Illinois, who's called in multiple times. Yeah. He, he does some voices. Uh, just a lot of fun. <laughs> He's fun. Good guy. He he says uh, today, probably as you speak, I'm having surgery to remove the tumor in my jaw. Ugh. What is he, 25? He's young, yeah. I think around that. Surgery surgery will take eight hours, and there's a small chance of facial paralysis, but 95% success rate in general. Back in March, I asked for your prayers as I started chemo and blasted through it with flying colors, which I know is because I had all you praying for me. Wow. So, if I could be selfish one last time and ask you to say one more big prayer for me and my surgeons, I'd be very grateful. God bless, and God is great. Yes, we'd be happy to do that. Absolutely. Nick Ryan, we're thanking and praying for you. He's had a a rough year. 2020 has been terrible across the board. kind of sucked. Yeah. Especially uh, in his life, in Jules. Yeah, he's dealing with this, and he lost his dream job right after he got it because of the coronavirus. Mm. Uh, And then, yeah, Jules is... um, Still going through that second uh, bone marrow transplant. We're thinking of y'all and praying so, for you. Yeah. Um, all right. Reganette tweets, if Trump wins, people are voting for Republicans. Uh, we would keep the Senate at the very least. That's probably a good point. And hopefully get back the House. I mean, we got to have to have to have at least the Senate because otherwise, you know, it's going to be chaos. Uh, Carl Smith tweets, Come on, what's so hard about putting on a virtual event? I visit with you guys virtually every day, and it's always interesting. Oh, okay. (laughs) Thank you. Yeah, Yeah, we're kind of used to putting on a virtual event, aren't we? Uh, B. Bodine. So what Herschel was saying was that Trump is the Bronco Nagurski of presidents, because even though he had all the obstacles, he ran over the opposition to get things done. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, I was uh, I was looking into because uh, Glenn was talking to him a couple of weeks ago. I uh, was talking to Herschel about various things, and it got me wondering because I remember how fast that guy was. You know, the the rumor was that uh, Bo Jackson ran one of the fastest forty times ever, and Bo Jackson was what I don't know six three two thirty two thirty five something like that. He ran a sub four two forty. Uh, the rumor is that Herschel runs like a four three something. It, it's it's incredible it, with those those kinds of physical specimens when uh-huh. they're that big and that fast. You talk about running over people. That literally happens. Oh. Remember, was it wasn't wasn't it Herschel who wiped out uh, Brian? Uh, Urlacher? No, oh, oh, no, Brian, Brian, Brian Bosworth? Bosworth. I'm sorry. Well, no, Bosworth. no, no, no. It was Bo Jackson. Was that, it Bo? That trumped okay. him on the goal line during Monday Night Football Raiders That's and right. Seahawks. That was fun. Yeah. Fun times. Good times. <laughs> uh, toothpaste words. Uh, speaking of Kimberly uh, Guilfoyle here, why is she yelling? It's so early. Stop yelling. <laughs> <laughs> so early. Uh, so MSNBC, I guess. Had some fun with uh, with Kimberly this yeah, morning? Yeah, just a few minutes ago. <laughs> they put together something with The Office. Yeah, let's see. Blood alone moves the wheels of history. They want to steal your liberty, <laughs> your freedom. I say to you, and you will understand that it is a privilege to fight. They want to control what you see and think and believe so that they can control how you live. We are warriors! Don't let them step on you. Don't let them destroy your families, your lives, and your future. Salesmen of northeastern Pennsylvania, I ask you, once more rise and be worthy of this historical hour. That beacon shined bright once again for the world to see. (laughs) You have the ability to choose your life and determine your destiny. We must never cede control of the motherland. Leaders and fighters for freedom and liberty and the American dream. The best is yet to come. It's real, but that the best is yet to come. <laughs> that, that might good. be the best thing that uh, MSNBC yeah, has ever done. That was funny. That was funny. I, she just didn't adjust for the empty no, room. That no, was for didn't. a packed arena. I'm not even sure it would have been appropriate then. It was just a weird delivery. Maybe, you know, in one little burst, it'd be okay. But that lasted a long time. She was just imagining minutes. loud applause. Yeah, she was. Mm-hmm. Uh, scintillating duck tweets. Just imagine if Kimberly had always done the news like that while she was on Fox. Yeah, she'd probably still be there because love that. Uh, <laughs> Keystone Pig tweets. I think they could have uh, they could have had Michael Buffer deliver that speech. Oh, yes. <laughs> Are you ready to rumble, guy? Yeah. <laughs> uh, Daring podcast uh, tweets won't lie. I was expecting Kimberly Guilfoyle Foyle to end her speech with a Howard Dean scream. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Mailbox hero tweets. Where is the angel chorus after that speech from Vernon Jones? Oh, yeah, it would have been very appropriate, wouldn't it have? That would have been appropriate. Uh, but we do have, we have Maximo Alvarez, who was fantastic. This is a Cuban immigrant who has seen communism in his lifetime. 
This is why you love hearing from Cubans, because they've been there. They know what the warning signs are. They know what to look for. They know that they were lied to back in the early 60s by Fidel Castro. And they can sniff out the same thing in the Democrats today. Uh, Here he is talking about what, what America is. President Trump knows that the American story was written by people just like you and I who love our country and take risks to build a future for our families and neighbors. I may be a Cuban born, but I am 100% American. This is the greatest country in the world. And I said this before, if I gave away everything that I have today, it would not equal 1% of what I was given when I came to this great country of ours. Mm. The gift of freedom. Right now, it is up to us to decide our fate and to choose freedom over oppression. President Trump, he's fighting the forces of anarchy and communism. And I know he will continue to do just that. And what about his opponent and the rest of the D.C. swamp? I have no doubt they will hand the country over to those dangerous forces. You and I will decide. And here's what I've decided. My decision is very easy. I choose President Trump because I choose America, I choose freedom. I still hear my dad. There is no other place to go. Thank you, and may the good Lord bless America. Really powerful. From a guy who, uh, who knows what he's talking about because he's seen it happen to his own country. Uh, he saw it in Cuba, and now he sees all the warning signs raising their ugly head again. And I mean, if if we can't if we can't accept the warning from people who have been there, who can you accept the warning from? That is really powerful. Uh, let me take a minute and tell you about Omega XL. If you have uh, pain brought on by inflammation, like I did in my elbow that ran down my arm. Uh, there is something you can do about it. Omega XL. Omega XL has essentially a an off switch for inflammation. It's backed by 35 years of clinical research. It's, it's not a drug. It's not something you're going to get addicted to. It's just something that calms inflation down. Inflammation. And then uh, I wish it also dealt with inflation, but uh, that's a whole different... It's a whole different matter. I think they're working on that. Are they working on yeah, it? Yeah, I think Omega XL. You can XL. also stop inflation because yeah. we're going to need that really uh-huh. soon. Anyway, uh, pain relievers and topical rubs don't get to the heart of the problem, which is the inflammation. They, they can mask it sometimes. Sometimes they don't even do that. But Omega XL will shut off the inflammation, and then your pain will uh, will go away. So just to get you started, when you order your first bottle of Omega XL right now, you'll get a second bottle free. 
omegaxl.com slash pad. Or call 800-844-4888. 800-844-4888. Or omegaxl.com slash pad. You're listening to Pat Gray Unleashed. A lot of great speakers last night. Uh, loved Maximo Alvarez. Loved Vernon Jones. Uh, it was interesting uh, to hear Kimberly Guilfoyle scream for the last uh, two and a half minutes of her speech. <laughs> but uh, the other one who really moved me, I think, was, was uh, Sean Parnell telling his story. Uh, yes. Here's a look at that. I'm Sean Parnell, and it is an honor to be here. In 2006, the Army sent me to Afghanistan as a young platoon leader placed in command of Americans from every corner of our planet. Our platoon reflected the diversity of our nation, every race, creed, and religion. Despite those differences, we were bound together as brothers from the same American family. On June 10, 2006, our platoon was attacked just after dawn. Outnumbered 10 to 1, we endured mortar and machine gun fire as hundreds of Taliban charged us from three sides. We had 24 men that day. Wave after wave of Taliban advanced up the hill. I was wounded three times in the fighting. Nearly all of my platoon was wounded within the first minute, but the enemy kept coming. We fought to our last rounds of ammunition, and when it was over, we held the hill. In the face of death, I saw ordinary Americans become heroes. In our darkest hour, when our survival depended on each other, my men and I learned an important lesson. We all bleed red. Our differences did not define us. United, we were unbeatable. After 485 days of combat, I came home eager to enjoy the freedoms I risked my life to defend. But I watched with alarm as the party of my grandfather, a lifelong Union Democrat, turned against the very people it professed to represent. I watched as Joe Biden spit venom at an auto worker who dared to question Joe's intent to dismantle the Second Amendment and take your guns. Where Democrats once stood for hardworking, law-abiding Americans who displayed our flag with pride, this new Democrat party considers these people uneducated racists clinging to guns and Bibles. The party of Harry Truman became the party of hedge fund managers, Hollywood celebrities, tech moguls, and university professors, all bloated with contempt for middle America. I look across the aisle and I do not see a party that wants you to pursue your dreams. I see a Democrat party that wants to dictate what those dreams are. I don't see a party that wants you to be free. I see a party that wants to chain you to conformity and will destroy anyone they deem a heretic. I swore an oath to defend my country and its constitution. President Trump has sworn to do the same. That's why he's advanced freedom despite savage political attacks to overcome the agenda of the radical left. President Trump has unleashed the economic might of this nation like no other president in our history. He triggered the rising tide of working families, brought us energy independence, reclaimed jobs from overseas that, you know, Democrats said would never return. He has fiercely defended the besieged First and Second Amendments. That is just a start. With four more years, imagine what we can achieve by simply working with our president. 
I believe in our president's vision for the future. I stand here tonight calling on all Americans to join us. It doesn't matter what you look like, who you love, how you worship your gender or your job. If you're a traditional Democrat who's become disillusioned with how radical your party has become, then stand with us. You are most welcome. America needs all her patriots to rush to her defense. My fellow Americans, I promise you this. In our tent, you are free. Free to speak the truth, choose your journey, define your life. You have the power to go as far as you aim, then aim higher and keep going because that is what Americans do. We are idealists and dreamers, lovers of adventure. We're rugged and independent. We don't make excuses. We make the impossible a reality. Think about it. In a century, we went from groundbound dreamers gazing to the stars to doers who created the means to reach them. This is not the time to stand on the sidelines. If you love our country as we do, as our president does, join the chorus of patriot voices that will preserve this exceptional union. Mr. President, lead the way. Millions in our American family believe in this path to destiny. Guide us to that horizon. Thank you and may God bless the United States of America. Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's mm-hmm. well yep. spoken. How, how do you how do you argue with that? That's pretty tough to call out a veteran. I mean, they'll still do it. The left will still do it, I suppose. Uh, but a guy who's been there and defended this country and defended his brothers uh, in the field uh, against insurmountable odds and came out victorious. And think of the speeches we've heard tonight. And do they line up with the headlines we've heard? RNC night one, Republicans paint dark picture of future if loss. Republicans, Trump or doom. Republican convention speakers share dark vision of Democrats and praise Trump's character. What, What did the Democrats do all last week? If not fearmonger about the election, the re-election of Donald Trump. That's all they did, and nobody said those kinds of things. Oh, these headlines were written nobody. long before a microphone was turned on last night. Oh, that is unbelievable. <laughs> I guess it's not. It's really not unbelievable. No, no, yeah. You it happens every single time. I don't think it means what you think <laughs> it means. <laughs> I don't think it means what you think it means. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Uh, it's still agonizing, though. Yep. It's the double standard things, just still agonizing. Wow. <laughs> And by the way, there is a dark future if yeah, Joe oh yeah. Biden is elected. Yeah, okay, fair point. Side <laughs> note, uh, it's uh, the end of the world if yes. Biden is elected. But. Oh, man. <laughs> 888-900-3393. More Pat Grand Leash coming up. It's Pat Gray Unleashed on the Blakes. 888-900-3393. And it's Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Um... By the way, veteran, the veteran who spoke at last night's RNC, uh, Sean Parnell, he's running for Congress, and uh, it's kind of an interesting story how, how he got there. I guess uh, President Trump came to his district, and he wasn't even there at the rally or the speech that the president gave, and the president called him out by name to run for, for, to run for Congress, and 
Sean was just out, you know, milling around somewhere, and his phone started to blow up. He had 50 messages in about 30 seconds, and his mom was texting him over and over and over and over. And so he finally called her because he thought there was a death in the family or something really super urgent. And uh, his mom said, Sean, are you running for Congress? <laughs> it's like, no, I'm running for Congress. It's like, well, the president, the president of the United States said you are. Maybe you might want to reconsider. Wow. And he did. He's been running for that seat uh, ever since mm. against uh, Connor Lamb, who's supposedly a, a uh, moderate Democrat who has moderately voted to impeach the president. <laughs> moderately uh voted against you know saving babies the day they're born if they're if they're born uh alive the born alive act he voted against that so yeah that's really moderate well i mean you can see how moderate the guy really is i mean in in the democratic party (laughs) that is true it's still moderate that is true i mean they are so crazy in the democrat party that yeah i guess i guess you could consider that to be moderate it's unbelievable. I mean, it's amazing how much things have changed. I mean, the the media uh, and their focus on certain things. Listen to this, for example. Uh, the media taking on Glenn back in the day. And see if you notice anything different about this. Glenn Beck started it from day one. Uh, they've all done this right, this this lunacy about how Obama and Holder are coming after your guns. Uh, there have been w- a lunacy of of how they're coming after your guns. Just ridiculous. Way too many instances uh-huh. of violence in the last few years for anyone to go on television and talk about arming themselves because of politicians and their views. But sure, the Baxter sure. doesn't seem to understand his words can have consequences. Baxter. But our the winner, Baxter. Harold Hill, mm-hmm. again, it's about his continuing attempt oh, to disassociate guy. himself and his inflammatory paranoia about an attack on the Second Amendment and infringement of gun rights and the so need to silly. take the government back from a duly elected president. Glenn Beck uh-huh. yesterday on his radio show said oh, uh, Barack Obama will take away your gun mm-hmm. any way, one way or another. He's going to take away your gun. That's, they are painting, as you mentioned, sort of this doomsday scenario almost sort of. mainstreaming hmm. this militia idea. Huh. Isn't that interesting? Because what did they say a few years later? Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. Huh. We're not going to allow it to be used against our fellow Americans anymore. Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, hell yes, we're taking your guns away. Oh, that was a famous guitarist. <laughs> yes, yes it was. Uh, that guy can shred. You know, say what you will about the Second Amendment, he can shred. Truth. Uh... Then you've got uh, John Kerry on the preposterous notion. You remember the preposterous notion that Russia was her biggest enemy? For my mother to die of cancer at the age of 53. That didn't sound like John Kerry at all, did it? (laughs) Equally as nauseating, however. (laughs) Very much so. He's even blurted out the preposterous notion that Russia is our number one political, geopolitical foe. Mm -hmm. Folks, Sarah Palin said she could see Russia from Alaska... <laughs> Mitt, Mitt Romney talks <laughs> like he's only seen Russia by watching Rocky Four. Ah, it's Rocky. That's how preposterous that notion is. It's like out of Rocky Four from the eighties. That's what I'm saying. There is that it's a preposterous old notion that was put forward in old movies like Rocky Four. <laughs> <laughs> I'd forgotten that stupid that? line. 
And then, of course, Obama. Governor Romney, I'm glad that you recognize uh-huh. that al-Qaeda is a threat. Yeah. Because a few months ago, when you were asked what's the biggest geopolitical threat facing America, you said Russia. <laughs> what an idiot. Not al-Qaeda. Mm-hmm. You said Russia. Yeah. The 1980s are now calling to ask for their foreign policy back because <laughs> you know, the Cold War has been over for 20 years. So there you go. Cold War is over. Come on. And now Russia is the biggest threat that, w- that has ever existed on the face of the planet. Pretty much. They're a threat to our our elections. They're a threat to us physically. I mean, is there a bigger threat to the Democrats now than Russia? I, I don't think so. So they've changed on guns. They've changed on the preposterous notion of Russia. Uh, they have changed on immigration. Need I remind you what Bill Clinton said back at... This is just 1995. This isn't 1935. All Americans... Mm-hmm. Not only in the states most heavily affected, but in every place in this country are rightly disturbed by the large numbers of illegal aliens entering our country. The jobs they hold might otherwise be held by citizens or legal immigrants. The public service they use impose burdens on our taxpayers. That's why our administration mm-hmm. has moved aggressively to secure our borders more by hiring a record number of new border guards by deporting twice as many criminal aliens as ever before. Wow. By wow. cracking down on You're illegal bragging hiring. bragging about that? By... How about the bragging about deporting illegal aliens? Can you even believe that came out of his mouth? Yeah, he was saying the word alien. Right, right. right. Illegal aliens for, the, for one thing and deporting them for another. This is just unbelievable. Barring welfare benefits to illegal aliens. In the budget I will present to you, we wow. will try to do more to speed the deportation of illegal aliens who are arrested for crimes, mm-hmm. to better identify illegal aliens in the workplace, as okay. recommended by the commission headed by former Congresswoman Barbara Jordan. Huh. We are a nation of immigrants, but we are but also a nation of laws. laws. It is wrong and ultimately self-defeating Thank for you. a nation of immigrants to permit the kind <laughs> of abuse of our immigration laws Woo. we have seen in recent years, and we must do more to stop it. That's amazing. I mean, that's absolutely astounding when you think of it now. Wow. He wasn't the only one. Harry Reid did the same mm-hmm. thing. If making it easy to be an illegal alien isn't enough, mm-hmm. how about offering a reward for being an illegal immigrant? Right. How about it? No, no sane country would do that. Right? Right. Guess again. Oh, okay. If you break our Wrong. laws by entering this country without permission and give birth to a child, uh-huh. we reward that child with U.S. citizenship. And guarantee of full access to all public and social services this society provides. And that's a lot of services. Is it any wonder that two-thirds of the babies born at taxpayer expense at country, county-run hospitals in Los Angeles are born to illegal alien mothers? Can you even imagine anybody in the Democrat Party saying anything about that today? If absolutely not. any of these speeches absolutely were given not. by Donald Trump or a Republican, oh, geez. the left would be losing their minds. This shows you how irrational, how extreme, and how radical on every single issue the Democrats have become. Uh, the Washington Post even wrote about their uh, abortion agenda last year. This was just last year. Listen to this. That abortions should be safe, legal, and rare was, until fairly recently, a common Democratic talking point. Coined by President Clinton, the phrase signaled his desire to protect the supposed constitutional right to abortion while acknowledging the views of people with moral qualms about the practice 
and maybe even winning a few of them over to his side. It helped Clinton's reputation as a moderate. This is the Washington Post. Today, though, Democrats use the phrase at their peril. The party's base appears unwilling to tolerate a slogan that suggests abortion ought to be rare. Hearing in it too much of a concession to abortion opponents. As a result, most Democratic candidates have erased from their rhetoric any hint that abortion might be a subject on which reasonable people can disagree. (laughs) It's really true. Mm -hmm. And they've altered their policy proposals to match, endorsing the repeal of all restrictions on paying for abortions with federal money, for example. These moves might excite the party's progressive base, but they put candidates out of step with the American, with the average American, and even with many of their own voters. Evidence of just how taboo it's become to use the phrase safe, legal, and rare came in the most recent presidential primary debate. This was written again last year. When Representative Tulsi Gabbard uttered the fateful words, giving a nod to Hillary Clinton as she did so, when she said abortion should be safe, legal, and rare. Gabbard said, I think she's correct. The candidate favors abortion rights early in pregnancy, but would uh, codify the Supreme Court's 1973 ruling Roe v. Wade. But she'd prohibit abortion during the last three months of pregnancy unless the life or severe health consequences of a woman are at risk. Left-leaning critics descended quickly. The Ohio affiliate of NARAL, Pro-Choice America, tweeted, This is a position making abortion rare, not supported by pro-choice advocates. A headline in uh, Vice said Gabbard was stuck in the 90s. (laughs) And the article's author, Marie Solis, argued that the candidate had revived a decades-old talking point that pro-choice supporters say only further stigmatizes abortion at a critical moment. She quoted Amelia Bonau, a co-founder of the pro-abortion rights group Shout Your Abortion. (sighs) who said, I cannot think of a less compelling way to advocate for something than saying it should be rare. And anyone who uses that phrase is operating from the assumption that abortion is a bad thing. Oh, Well, it's not, of course. To them, it's a really good thing. And I guess the more, the more babies you can kill, the better it is. There should be no barrier whatsoever. Okay, this is how extreme they've become. Even the Washington Post wrote this article. So on every issue that matters, the Democrats have really staked out untenable positions. Most Americans are not where Democrats are on these important topics. But most Democrats hate Trump so much, mm-hmm. they just feel like they, they've got to go along with all the radicalism, I guess. But this is exactly why I say the Democrats cannot win this election. They can't. Not this year. Not any year, or it'll be the end of America as we know it. That's what I'm afraid of. The fundamental transformation of the United States of America that was five days away under Barack Obama will be completed if Joe Biden is elected. It is fascinating. Gotta stop it. How quickly that party became radicalized and has taken the country along with them. Yeah, and nobody ever talks about it. Uh, except for, I guess, that Washington Post article where they they don't really call them out severely, but they certainly could. They certainly should have because there is no better indication of their radicalism than abortion. They don't want it to be rare. They want it to be frequent, I guess. Everybody who gets pregnant should have an abortion. Let's just abort all babies. 
and they'd be really happy. Really, really happy. It's despicable. Uh, so, please, we got to stand up to this madness. Make sure you get out and vote. Make sure everybody you know who is like-minded gets out and vote. Um, we should we should be the ones. We should be the party that are putting bus rides to the polls together. Of course, if any polls are are open, and but, it's good though that we're going to mail in our votes, right? That's helpful. Yeah, that's going to be really yeah, good. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, no problem there. Uh, Keith got this note from a pathead in Washington State. Yeah, very. Donnie Engford. Uh huh. Says, hey, Keith, uh, this may get a little long, so <laughs> yeah. please bear with me. Okay. Oh, yeah, it's like 84 pages. It's just two pages. But basically, <laughs> yeah. Pro- proposing you guys do a segment on Washington State and our mail-in voting. Well, I that, understand it goes really well in Washington right. State every is, year. Isn't, isn't that what how, you're hearing? Is that the only way they mm-hmm. vote there, right? Yes. They've okay. been doing it for a while, right? Yeah. Every election is a crap show. <laughs> We've been voting by mail for around 10 years now. In every election, there is fraud and tampering that goes unpunished and is swept under the rug. Jeez. This is going to be fun, right? Yeah, and so basically it just goes on to make the point of how insane the process is. And that's just one state. Every year they have dead people who vote. Right, right. And and then I got another note from someone from Massachusetts, and she received Mm. someone else's ballot in the mail already. And she said, you know, if I... Yeah, you know, she's doing the right thing and coming forward and saying, "Hey, this isn't my ballot." But how many times is that happening where someone's like, "Nope, they're voting my way." And what are the chances a Democrat would say, "Oh, you know what? I'm I'm going to turn this back in because this isn't meant for sure. me." Sure. <laughs> I most of these vile Democrats would just fill it out and mail it in. And then they'd fill out their own and mail it in. Yeah. Yep, yeah. Which is election fraud, by the way. Yeah, it's, it's going to be <clears> fun. Just so you know. Renaud Gagne, um, he lives up in Canada. He says the Conservative Party of Canada elected a new leader last night by mail-in vote. Results were supposed to be out by 6 to 7 o'clock. It took until 1 a.m. That's just a couple of hundred thousand votes. Now imagine 130 million votes. <laughs> Renaud Gagne, thank you so much. No, it's going to go really well. It's going to go really, really well. I'm just super, super excited about mail-in voting. I really am. Yeah. Oh, boy. It's going to be fun. Well, I mean, even when you consider that 5 to 10% of... Now, this is through no fraud. It's just mistakes. Uh, It's just overwhelming volume. When you consider that 5 to 10% of U.S. mail goes haywire and doesn't wind up where it's supposed to, what happens to 5 to 10% of the vote in an election? That's not saying there's going to be fraud. That's just saying that's human error is going to eliminate up to 10% of the vote. That's a really bad thing. Could we be really bad thing? Dumber. No, we couldn't. Well, yes, we could. We've seen that over and over and yeah. over again. Yeah. Yes, it can get dumber still. <laughs> it's like I just dared America. <laughs> you, you haven't learned don't. my lesson yet. <laughs> Please don't. Uh, let me tell you about real estate agents I trust. Uh, the name kind of says it all, because these are people who are at the top of their game. These are the best realtors in your area. They know what they're doing. They've, they've got great track records, really good marketing plans. They don't just say, hey, let's do another uh, open house so that you could keep your house sparkling clean every second of every day, just leading up to another bunch of people tromping through it. <laughs> And especially in the age of COVID, I don't even know that they can do open houses right now. So that might be out the window for a lot of realtors. But these are realtors who know the market. They know what you'll need to do in order to sell your home quickly and for the most money, whether you need to repaint or 
or fix the roof or you know maybe replace countertops whatever the case may be they'll lead you in the right direction this is glenn's company and so he has definitely carefully vetted these realtors to make sure that they're they're going to be great for you and see you through the whole situation from beginning to end and if you're relocating you need to both sell and buy on uh at both ends of uh, your relocation so that can get really dicey you need somebody to help you through it real estate agents i trust.com real estate agents i trust.com Pat Gray Unleashed. What I believe in my faith is right, that, right. Uh, is that a man and a woman, uh, when they get married, uh, are performing something mm. before God. And it's not oh. simply uh, right. the two sure. uh, persons oh. who are meeting. Persons who are. I see. I see. So it's a, re- it's a religious <laughs> conviction for him. You know, I mean, all the way back in the... 2000s, like uh, 04, 06, 08, 10, 12. But then in, I think, 14, 13 or 14-ish, it was... uh, Mr. President, are you still opposed to same-sex marriage? Mm -hmm. I've always been adamant that... Always been adamant. uh, Gay and lesbian uh, Mm -hmm. Americans should be treated fairly. Yeah. And equally. Right. And but then you uh, had that religion. I was condition. sensitive to the fact that sensitive uh, for a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, the the word marriage the, the, was something that mm-hmm. was evokes very powerful traditions, right. Religious beliefs and so forth, including you. You're um, including. But I have to tell you for that you. over the course of tell us uh, uh, several years, several years, as I talk to mm-hmm. friends and family, right, and neighbors, <laughs> uh, when I think about saw more polls. Uh, members of my own staff who are in staff. incredibly committed monogamous relationships same-sex staff. relationships sure who are raising kids together yeah uh, when i think about when you think about uh, that soldiers why or airmen or religious Marines sensibility or, goes right out the window uh, am i right sailors who are am I right? out there fighting on my behalf uh, and yet feel constrained even Strength. now that yeah. don't ask don't tell is gone Strength. because uh they're not able to uh yeah commit themselves okay. in a marriage uh at a certain point, Stop I'm just babbling. Gonna... I just I can't. I just... You can't. Yeah, I can't. I can't. <laughs> uh, is that not the longest answer yes. ever? Yes. For a question. Well, you had to pander to an awful lot of people there, and uh uh-huh. it takes some time to pander. Yeah, it takes some time <laughs> to make that okay. Going from the strong religious conviction that it's not, you know, it's not just a lawful thing; it's a religious thing. It's a deep-seated thing. Just like with uh, Hillary Clinton, we could go through that again, too. Sure. Uh, sure. What was it? Deep-seated foundational principle. Mists and of then, time. Uh, yeah, right. Since the mists of time. Right. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, nope, not at all. <laughs> I've always thought they oh. should get married. So, <clears throat> I mean, every issue, every single issue, they've gotten extremism. They've, got, they've gone radical. They uh, are completely different. They changed on everything. But you have to go on everything. Way back to olden times of yes. 2014. I mean, right. I mean, how, how old were you in 2014? I I don't think I was even born yet. It was that long ago. <laughs> yeah. All right. Got some uh, tweets here. Fort Lightfoot Salon. <laughs> I like that. Uh, Reagan said it phenomenally in 1964. He was just ahead of his time. So we have come to a time for choosing. Either we accept the responsibility for our own destiny or we abandon the American Revolution. Wow, is that true and powerful? Yeah. 
Bob Loblaw tweets, uh, what did someone once say about the progressive endgame being all about top, down, bottom up, inside out? Sure are there right now. Yes, we are. Sure are there. Who was that guy anyway? I forget. I mean, so I mean long that ago. sounds vaguely familiar. It does a little bit, yeah. Mm. If Donald Trump quoted Democrats from days gone by where they agreed with current Republican policy, that would be awesome. Wouldn't it, though? Yes. It, I think that would be a great idea. <laughs> what a, yeah, if he just tweeted out mm-hmm. quotes without and attributing then, them. Right. And then later... After, after the press goes nuts, Trump calls uh, yeah. immigrants illegal aliens. Wouldn't and, that be great? And then like right underneath that he puts... That was a quote of Bill Clinton. <sighs> 1995. Hillary Clinton, 2005. I mean, it'd be, that'd be fantastic. Uh, John tweets, what? What? I, I can't hear you over all the unnecessary yelling. <laughs> Obviously about Kimberly Guilfoyle. Uh, COVID bullet 23. Pat, can you do a Kimberly Guilfoyle speech as Al Sharpton with his bullhorn, please? Oh, Asking no. for all my friends. Oh, no. Oh, no. President Trump! And determine your destiny! You're welcome. <laughs> because you have a right to debate and disagree with this administration! Because we're Americans and we have the right to debate and disagree! <laughs> a little something extra there for you. Yeah, so uh, <laughs> in case you missed it last night, that's, that's what it was, a recreation right there. Yes, of Kimberly's uh, speech at the end. <laughs> She started out fairly even keel, but by the end, she'd completely forgotten she's in an empty room, a very large empty room, and she's yelling at the top she's of her lungs. Just imagining the crowd there. I guess. You know, I guess. That was fun. Uh, by the way, uh, Pelosi had some nice words for oh. uh, all Trump supporters. That's great. Uh, and Republicans. Oh, good. Nice words? Yeah, nice from words. From the Speaker you, I, of the I House? think you'll like them. Yeah, oh, I think good. you'll like them Well, we need some of that discourse. Don't we, though? Yeah. Yes. If we could all just get along, wouldn't that be great? <laughs> if we would be great. If we didn't treat each other like enemies, let's say, wouldn't that be great? Eh, so we'll get into that <laughs> and uh, much more coming up. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. You know, I get a lot of questions from listeners about when uh, my wife's cookies will be available nationwide. People are getting frustrated. I think, like, when can I get them in Pennsylvania or Florida or New York? So they ask, "What's your favorite word? What's your favorite this? What's your favorite that?" And, when and the a lot of times, "What's your favorite?" Uh-huh. And then, "What? When will your cookies be available nationwide?" Okay, and that's easy. That's well, it's not really easy. And it's very expensive. Oh, no. Because we, we, we have to make a... Uh, thank you. Our, our, our magic muffins are done. Okay. That's great. Um, <laughs> the, cookie, the cookies are done, huh, cookies. Martin? Ding! <laughs> uh, we are building a, uh, a kitchen specifically designed to uh, enable us to do that. Mm-hmm. So it'll be about a month and a half, I think. Wow, that's exciting. Yeah, maybe two months. Something right? like that. So hopefully they'll be, they'll be available for you world. Uh, Maybe worldwide, but definitely nationwide. So yeah, uh, very soon. I don't want to speak out of turn here, <clears throat> but I'm just doing some Keith math on mm-hmm. the fly. Mm-hmm. It sounds like maybe by the holidays, nationwide mm-hmm. cookie delivery. Mm-hmm. Oh mm-hmm. yeah, and it is scrumptious cookie dot 
Com. Um, scrumptious cookie. Leave the last S off for savings. Uh, scrumptiouscookie.com. Yeah. If so, in the nine Western states, we can service right now. Okay. So you, you, can, you can order them right now. And we can either mail them to you, or if you're in the DFW, we do deliver them to you. So it's, it's uh, scrumptiouscookie.com. And hopefully nationwide uh, really soon. I'm going to find out if there's roads between my house and yours. That's what I'm about to find out. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) You should order cookies and see if they can get there. That's really weird. They might have to be helicoptered. I'm not sure how that would... I don't know how that works. (laughs) Uh, Okay. Weird, weird, weird news that broke yesterday uh, about Jerry Falwell. Uh, Holy cow. Just really sad, you know, and icky. It was sad, and it's icky. It it was bad enough when it when he you know obviously he was he says he was uh, he and his wife Becky were being blackmailed. They were trying to get money out of him, or they would divulge this uh, scandal. And uh, then it got worse. <laughs> then it got then it got quite a bit worse. Um, Jerry apparently the the guy who his wife was involved with. This 20-year-old pool guy that they got into business with <clears throat> and started doing, uh, I don't know, they came into uh, some sort of relationship that was business and sexual. And uh, he claimed that Jerry would watch when the event would happen with his wife. Weird? You bet. But then it's kind of backed up by a little bit of audio. Now, this doesn't say much sexual, really. Uh, it's just very strange. Um, they're Skyping or Zooming or something here. Oh, it was a conference online. call. It was a something. conference call I, I, I don't know. of some sort. I was going to say a three-way call, but that's probably not where I want to go with that <laughs> sentence. But Jerry's actually there, either on another line yeah, he, or in the room with his wife. It's his voice at the beginning. Jerry's there. Yeah. yeah. So. And Becky is talking to the affair guy. Uh, here's what was said. Okay. So this mm. guy's All right. John's been very busy lately. Okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. His new thing is like telling me every time he hooks up with people. Like, <laughs> like I don't have feelings or something. You're going to make a joke. Yeah. I'm not trying to do that. Like a week ago, I was in tears for a whole freaking day. Come on. Like, Pause it for a second. Okay. So your wife is talking about how hurt she is by her lover hooking up with other people. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> what is that? That's a strange marriage. Mm-hmm. That's a strange, seemingly not ideally evangelical marriage, perhaps, <laughs> if you will. Uh-huh. Uh huh. But there was a little more. A little more. So, a little like, more. I hooked up with this girl on Tinder, and then I got her a neighbor, and I'm like <laughs> completely depressed. Come on. Come on. You don't. You don't care. Maybe about the more you tell me, the more I'll get you don't care about I, me anymore, Becky. Huh? You don't care about me anymore. Uh, yeah, really? What are you, 12? Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, that's fine. I, I just tell you because you're my best friend, right? Oh, so, I know. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to be okay and, like, accept in that position, but I'm kind of into... In front of her uh, husband. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to... I'm changing a lot. I've moved on. I've matured. Mm. Yep. Matured. Yes. Mature. I'm not as crazy as I used to be. 
Hopefully, I would think. I don't think. <laughs> no. So not. yeah, this is just, huh? No, you're you're perfect. You. Yeah. Yeah, you're Gotta fine. Keep that up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I mean that's. Yeah, this is just new. I don't know the whole. Mm. Mm, I was always, you know, even before when you weren't dating somebody, it just kind of threw me for a loop. Uh, kind of throws me for a loop, the whole the situation. Mm-hmm. It's really weird. And sad, you know. Uh, Jerry Falwell, <clears throat> in my associations with him, he's been really a good guy, really a nice guy. Uh, so this is really sad. It's just really sad that he's uh. going through this. Then I guess he resigned from Liberty and then withdrew the resignation. That was, hold on. All in one day. No, no, wait a second. Uh-huh. Is it, are you talking about just yesterday? Yeah. Wait a minute. Mm-hmm. I thought he stepped down yeah, after he, the boat photo. He stepped down from being CEO or whatever for the time being. Weeks and I ago. think that was, yeah. But he was still somehow involved or whatever. Okay. And then I think yesterday he completely resigned. Okay. And then I think he took back the resignation. Wow. Yeah. So it was a big day yesterday for the fall. Well, well, it's a, <laughs> it a really big day. Uh, and <laughs> just God. really sad. Just really sad. And, you know, yet another friend of the president who just kind of going up in flames there. That's not good. Mm. Um, 888-900-3393, also at Pat Unleashed on Twitter. Then there was some other thing where uh, apparently somebody taped Melania Trump saying nasty things about Donald and Ivanka. Oh, no. I actually have not heard that recording, but supposedly... uh, Stephanie Winston Walkoff, who was an event planner and former confidant to uh, Melania, intends to describe how their friendship fell apart over the years. And according to sources about an upcoming memoir from her, Walkoff will reference audio tapes of the first lady speaking negatively about her husband and her stepdaughter, Ivanka. Yeah, hey, boy. So that'll well, be ugly. That's going to be a lot of fun. Won't it be fun? Yeah, that's that's a good way to describe it. Just good, clean fun. <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of that going around right now. And then, of course, we got Nancy Pelosi, who oh, uh, that's speaking of fun. Yeah, speaking of fun, <laughs> she's always a good time and and always trying to bring the country together. That's what's good about her. Listen to this. This is wonderful. Do not pay any attention to Donald Trump. It oh. is his goal to scare okay. people from voting. Oh, is it uh, his goal? To intimidate uh-huh. them by saying he's going to have law enforcement people Not at your the goal, polls. Uh, to welcome, in fact, Russian intervention oh. into our election. Letting what? Putin decide who will be president. Pause it for a second. Of the- so she's trying to say that Donald Trump has said he's going to welcome Russian intervention into our election. And that is just it's so irresponsible and such a fat lie. That, and nobody calls her out on it. Nobody says, uh, fact-checking Nancy Pelosi, Donald Trump never said that. Why? Why can nobody do their job as journalists here? Go ahead. Who will be president instead of the American people. But ignore him because his ignore purpose him. is to mm-hmm. diminish the vote, to suppress is the it? vote. And shame on the Republicans for enabling that to happen. 
enabling that to happen. But we don't agonize. that to happen. Yeah, Say we one more time. Yeah. And people are right to be concerned because the President of the United States is saying what he's saying. saying but don't pay saying. any attention to him don't because that's attention. just a victory for those who want to have a lower turnout so that yeah. fewer people so that fewer are engaged people. Uh, in the decision. Are, and right. again, uh, what, was, and what again. happened in 2016 was discouraging. The Russians were there, and they are there now, 24-7, trying to interfere in our election. But they're uh, not the only ones. We take else? an oath to protect and defend the Constitution from all enemies, uh, foreign and domestic. Really? And sadly, the domestic enemies to our voting system and wow. our honoring our Constitution wow. are, are right at 1600 Pennsylvania Avenue oh, oh, with okay. their allies the in the Congress of the United States. But again, let's just get the out House. there. Uh, uh, huh. mobilize, organize, uh, and not uh, let the president deter anybody uh, from voting. And again, and again support the postal su system, which is election, oh, forgot election central. They're election doing central. everything right. they can. Push the Suppress post office conspiracy. The vote of, uh, uh, with your actions. Scare people, intimidate right. by uh. saying law enforcement will be there. Uh, uh, what? Diminish the role of the, uh, yeah, the postal system in <laughs> all of this. It's really actually shameful. Enemies of the state. <laughs> Enemies of the state. She just called the president and Republicans. Enemies of the state. Thank you for that unity. Uh, oh, yeah, she's a unifier. She's a unifier. That's, gr that's great. That's America right now. Uh, you've got the Speaker of the House calling the president and Republicans enemies of the state. <laughs> I thought it was such a bad thing when the president said that about the media. It was it was horrific. It was that was inappropriate. That should not be done. You're dividing. None of that will be lodged uh, at Nancy Pelosi for saying that. Uh, it's perfectly fine for her. I, I would say it's 70 days before the election, but uh, 70 days to prepare for the post-election fund that's coming our way, America. Jeez. Mm. Her face is stretched so tight now. Will it explode before election day? That's what we need to keep an eye on. I think it'll be like like a terror. Like, yeah, like just... Oh, so you don't think it's going to be like a warning. No, I think it's it'll gonna just It's going to be explode. during an MSNBC hit. Uh-huh. Yeah, it could. It could happen during that. Okay, yeah, it's... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's getting close. You have run out of real estate. We're getting yes, yes, you have. Uh, what is Jeffy's thing? Three cuts to clown face. Three cuts to clown face. I think we're about fourteen past that right yeah. now. Yeah. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Also, the NFL has apparently had uh, some false positives, but only seventy seven of them. Only seventy seven false positives. From 11 different teams, all of which were tested at the same New Jersey lab. I wonder if it's time to stop using the lab in New Jersey. Hmm. <laughs> 77 positive, false positive tests from a New Jersey lab. Uh, the initial positives had led teams to cancel or delay practices and isolate some players to prevent further spread. Ridiculous. Minnesota Vikings had the most false positives with 12, followed by the Jets with 10. Bears had nine. Uh, before the 77 false positives, there had only been four confirmed positive cases for players at training camp. So there's only four confirmed now. Still, yeah, uh, no, that's pretty good. I saw something yesterday. Wow. 50-something thousand tests in the NFL 
six positives, and they were all staff, zero players. Oh, really? Where are you seeing four? Uh, in this in this article, okay. There had only been four confirmed positive tests for players. For Weird. players, that's what it says. Players. I thought it was zero. Hmm. Yeah. Here we go. Let's see. Fifty-eight thousand three hundred ninety-seven tests. Okay. Six positive results, none of which were among the player ranks. Well, <laughs> this story is twelve again, hours ago. Who do you believe then? You got two competing stories here that say completely different oh, things. Yeah. Well, what's your source? Because I'm not telling you my source, because my source is stupid. My, it's mine's the Associated Press. Mine's Yahoo, and we know how evil they are. Yeah, so they are. Coming. So is the Associated Press. Yeah, that's true. So, well then, huh? Bottom line is the bottom testing line, is looking great for the looks NFL. Looks fifty-eight thousand and under ten positive tests. Maybe none for the players. Yeah. This seems like it's going to come off then, doesn't it? Well, that seems pretty good for the for the season. Seems like uh, good. Certain college football conferences. Could be playing. Screwed up. The Big Ten screwed up. So did the Pac-12. Bunch of sissies. That's what happens when you go political with your decision-making processes. And they did. Oh. And they did. And they're listening to the the governor of Minnesota, who has no power to shut down the season for for Michigan. Michigan, yeah. yeah. You can't can't tell Michigan football not to play football. You Mm -hmm. can't. You don't have that jurisdiction as governor. What do you? This has just gone way too far. It's madness with the power of these governors and mayors and city council people making these edicts, and and then they're they're passing them off as laws. There's no law. On what basis? You don't, you don't have a law. You might have some sort of edict that you issued from on high that you have no authority to issue. Uh, Go to court. <clears throat> right. But the problem is you've got leadership. In the Big Ten, namely the commissioner Kevin Warren, who's not interested in doesn't in care going to war in a court setting right. with this. He it's likes too this. bad. Yeah. It's too bad. And and there was because his players want to play. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, every athletic director, all fourteen, want to play. But um, there was an interesting article from Breitbart that talks about the sentiment in the swing states, such as Wisconsin and uh, Michigan, and places uh, in the Upper Midwest. This may actually swing these states to Trump. In, in seeing that oh, the that left great? is preventing their fall football. Yeah. <laughs> Don't mess with football, man. <laughs> you can mess with a lot of stuff. You can tell us to stay home for months on end, shut our businesses, wear masks wherever we go. Don't mess with football. Yeah. We were willing to put up with all of that <clears throat> as long as there was football at the end of the tunnel. Now there's no football at the end of the tunnel. So, good luck with that. <laughs> I... Again, there's one team in college football west of Texas playing football, and that's BYU. One. So, I from what it looks like, they're going to do the BCS games, and they're going to do the college football playoff. Yeah, we're, we're, even without the Big Ten and Pac-12. Where is college football being played? <clears throat> in red states. The yeah. Southeast, Southeastern Conference, the Atlantic right. Coast Conference, the Big 12, right. and it's the Upper Midwest yep. with the Big 10 and, and parts of the Northeast. You've got the Big East and the Northeast. These conferences have canceled. Far West with the Pac-12. All, I mean, it's red-blue, man. It's, yeah. Our nation is in a and they're bad all spot. completely gone, except for one. <laughs> in the West. In the West, that is. I saw a map of it. It looks really cool because uh, the green area is all in the uh in the southeast should have sent that in yeah i should have
Dang it. So uh, we I'd love show to see you, that. Because we could actually could show you. Put it you. up there on the screen. Yeah. We're on TV. Yeah, it was really is cool. the thing. Huh. Uh, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the football season. But as far as I, it's two weeks from yesterday, the first game for BYU and uh, Navy. <sighs> so. I don't think they can stop it before it happens. Yeah. I really don't. Yeah, it's uh, five months from uh, whenever till Nebraska might play. <laughs> yeah, they're not going to play in the in the in the spring. You you really you do know that, right? You do understand. There's not going to be spring football. I I love the fact that they keep pretending there is, and there's not going to be spring football. Even Urban Meyer said there's zero chance of that. There's no chance of spring football. And I think he's right. I'm an angry. I think he's right. You should be angry. Man. You should be angry because, mm-hmm. I mean, there's no reason for Nebraska not to play. It's, if the Big Ten wants to wuss out, let them. But Nebraska should have been allowed to go ahead and play yeah. on their own. But every team in that conference wants to play. I know they do. It, it's madness. Yeah, I know. Uh, Michigan, Michigan State, just and that's what that's a point I made on Twitter yesterday. It's like just play the games. Yeah. Play the games, and what is Kevin Warren gonna just kick everyone out of the conference? Is that what's gonna happen? No, play the games. If if the Big Ten Network doesn't show up, if if whoever broadcasts the games doesn't show up, fine, we'll listen on the radio like old timey days. Just play the games. Yeah, but no, no, they can't. So, congratulations on that. Uh, yeah, let's not talk about it anymore, <laughs> or else I'm gonna spend the rest of the show talking like Kimberly Guilfoyle at the Republican National Committee uh, or. Convention. Uh, convention. I'm just losing my mind. Let me give you this. one other thing to be pissed off about. And that's uh, <laughs> Goody. NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell. Oh, no. Okay. The, this apology thing to Colin Kaepernick uh, has gotten completely out of control. Here's what, here's what he said back in June, okay, which was bad enough, but there's more. First, my <laughs> condolences to the families of George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Ahmaud Arbery, and all the families who have endured police brutality. Yeah, except for uh, Ahmad Aubrey didn't endure police brutality. So, why do they keep including him? That was a completely different, weird thing. Hmm. That had nothing to do with police. We, the National Football League, condemn racism and the systematic oppression of black people. Systematic. We, the National Football League, admit we were wrong for not listening to NFL players earlier. Oh, boy. And encourage all to speak out and peacefully protest. <laughs> okay. Mm-hmm. We, the National Football League, believe mm-hmm. Black Lives Matter. Yeah, we, everybody does. I personally protest with you and want to be part of the much-needed change in this country. Uh-huh. Okay. Yeah. Without black players, there would That'd be fun to see Roger Goodell out looting the streets. He's, he's <laughs> throwing rocks through the, the, the big uh, plate glass windows on the Magnificent Mile in Chicago. Kicking down doorways, lighting cop cars on fire, trying to get some monies. <laughs> trying to, trying to out there with his real ones, <laughs> trying to trying to get some monies because <laughs> the fifty million they pay him for the NFL that's not enough. It's not enough. You know, National Football League. Uh huh. And the protests around the country mm-hmm. emblematic of the centuries of silence, inequality, okay. and oppression of black players, coaches, fans, and staff. Hmm. We are listening. Kind of seems like we've I gotten beyond a little bit of that. Oh, and I I mean, of I'm, I'm sorry, we're oppressing that, the players that now? Make millions of dollars millions to play a game? And millions and millions of dollars. I want to be dominate oppressed. the league. I want to be oppressed, if that's the definition. Reaching out to players 
who have raised their voices mm-hmm. and others on how we can improve and go forward for a better and more united NFL family. Okay, so then over the weekend, in, in the midst of all that, he's on with um, uh, Acho, Emmanuel Acho. Used to be a linebacker for the University of Texas. I think he played a short time in the NFL. He's interviewing Goodell now. In, in the midst of all that, <clears throat> there wasn't a specific message or apology mm-hmm. to the catalyst for it all. Kaepernick, who you, who, who you mentioned, if you were to publicly express your remorse, apologize to Kaepernick. Right, because because what we just heard wasn't enough. That wasn't nearly enough. Now we got to get more out of you, Roger. Okay, we're gonna make you dance. What would you say? Well, I, the first thing I'd say is I wish we had listened earlier, mm. uh, Cap, to what you were <laughs> kneeling about and what you were <laughs> Kaepernick's there. To. No, he's he's responding as if to okay. Kaepernick. Oh well. So the, the first thing I'd say is, Cap, I wish we would have this doesn't listened count to you sooner. unless Kaepernick's there. Yeah, you I have think to so do too. this in the future. Uh, we had invited him in several times to have uh, the conversation, have the dialogue. And he didn't come in? I wish in? we had the benefit of that. Yeah. Oh, he didn't come in. They invited him in several times. He didn't come in. Why? He's not interested in your apology. <laughs> He's not about that. We never did. Um, and, <sighs> you know, we would have benefited from that. Yeah. Absolutely. Sometimes, you know, they, we need to have a conversation is what he should have said to Cap. <laughs> Because we haven't had that conversation. Cap, nope. we need to have that conversation. Right. So can we? Can you come in and have it with us? <laughs> because no. I've known for years now that the, the peaceful protest during the national anthem, it was never about the flag. Yes, to it the was! Point where I just want to rip out my hair sometimes and say oh. it's not about the flag. Right. I just want to rip out my hair, pull off my entire head, <laughs> and say, yes, it is about the flag! And Kaepernick has said it over and over again! I'll continue to sit. I'm going to continue to stand with the people ah. that are being oppressed. Uh-huh. When there's significant change, and I feel like that flag uh, represents flag. what it's supposed to represent, I'll stand. The- the flag that it's not about, he says it's about the flag. The 49ers dual threat quarterback take it. with the rocket arm and lightning quick feet <laughs> right? staying seated during right? the national anthem at uh-huh. Friday's preseason game. Okay. Telling the NFL Network, I'm not going to stand up and show pride in a, a flag, flag for a country that oppresses <laughs> black people but it's and not people about of that. color. But it's not about the flag that he says it's about. You know, the flag. He says it's about the flag, but it's not about that flag. Uh, I can't. Kimberly Gilfoyle, is that you? <laughs> I'm turning into her, yes. <laughs>